Thank you for that song. It uh, is a perfect intro to what I'm going to try to do tonight. Uh, I don't think I'd heard that song before, but it really speaks a lot about what we ought to be here for. And that is to be completely surrendered to God's control. I believe that's the words that I kept hearing in that song. And you know, if people were completely surrendered to God's control, revival would not be necessary at all. But the problem that we have is many of us have been confirmed but not conformed. Think on that for a moment, and I'll try to make it plainer if I can. I heard a recent conversation by a reporter and a pretty famous preacher from Dallas, Texas, and uh, it revealed a surprising and even a disturbing trend to conform. But uh, all confirmation is not of itself good. This pastor was Robert Jeffries, and by the way, I really like to hear that man speak, and I really respect him. He's a strong conservative man, and I, 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 he's one of my favorites. But he said something in the conversation that I took uh, a little bit of uh, offense at in one way. What he said was, is the church that emerges from COVID-19 will have to be different. Now that part's pretty good, amen? You can find a way to plug that in. But he went on to say this, there'll be no more handshaking and certainly no more hugging. Well, he went on to describe a much different church and said that not one change by the will of God or the will of people will be the ones who are making up the church. Instead, it would be changed by a tiny virus. And I've quoted that exactly. And I'm sure that he didn't mean for it to sound exactly like it sounds to me. But I want you to know that you can be conformed to the right thing. And you can be conformed to the wrong thing. And I want to talk to you tonight about being conformed to his image. I do not believe that churches are supposed to become staid, starchy places where some obligatory action is offered up to God. And I don't believe that it ought to be a place where love and camaraderie for those that we go to church with are absent. And I don't believe that we ought to have a change in our relationship with each other because when you change your relationship with each other within a church, you change your relationship to God. Think about what I just said and argue with it if you may, but I just told you the truth. See, you cannot have a good relationship with God without having a good relationship with each other. The Bible's plain about that. As a matter of fact, it, it, it goes on to say that, that you can't even love God if you can't love each other. Amen? Now, I don't know about you all, but I, I don't intend to quit shaking hands and hugging necks and all that kind of stuff because of a tiny virus. And, 
And if you decide to do that, that's well and good. Right now, if you want to fist bump me, I'll fist bump you. Just realize that I'm not a very good aimer. All right, and, and I, I, I might say that, that if, if you don't want to hug my neck, that's all right. I don't want to hug yours either. But I can tell you this, I'm not going to live the rest of my life changed by a virus. I could die tomorrow from it, but it will not be because I let the virus kill me. The virus is not going to destroy me. And Dr. Jeffries was wrong. I have respect for him, but he's dead wrong about that. You ask almost anyone who they would want to be like if they had the choice tonight, and they'd pick out a, a favorite person, someone that really means something to them. Some might even pick Robert Jeffries. I don't know. But I can tell you this, not very many of them are likely to say, I want to become just like Jesus. And I want to talk to you tonight about being conformed to his image. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, follow along with me, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Now what did he predestinate us for? Somebody tell me. To be what? Conformed to the image of his son that he could be the firstborn among many brethren. I haven't come to speak tonight about Calvinism or the lack of it. I'm just telling you why Jesus came. Amen. He came and all of that was done so that we could conform to the image of Christ. Now, a lot of religions today have what is called an initiatory act. And in many cases, it is an act of confirmation. And when one is confirmed, they're saying that they believe certain things in that same religion that are believed by the masses. That means you confirm what somebody else has believed in the past. Sometimes your parents, sometimes someone else, but you are confirming what you have been taught, but not so with confirmation. You see, confirmation is to be changed to be just like the person that you're learning from. How many of you have been learning from Jesus ever since you got saved? You know what? If you haven't been, shame on you, but let me tell you something. You need to be conformed to the image of God if you're ever going to see God. And you say, well, wait a minute, Brother John. We're in the flesh. How can we be conformed to be like him when we're in this flesh? Well, friend, I got news for you. You may not be finally and totally changed until you see Jesus, but you better be on the path tonight to changing to be more like him than you are this world who is convinced that a little virus is going to change everything in your behavior pattern. You've got a behavior pattern given to you by God, and that is that you to love each other. And if you ain't going to hug necks and shake hands, you better figure out how to bump elbows warmly. Amen? You need to figure out how that you can express yourself because that's the way Jesus was. Jesus was a lover of souls, and you've got to be a lover of souls. Jesus cared about little children. You need to be caring about little children. Jesus wanted the family to be strong and you need to be concerning the family very strong. You ought to be like Jesus, growing more like him every day. But here's the problem. There are hindrances 
to being like Jesus. And you didn't have to do anything sometimes to even get it. Just born with it. You say, what are you talking about, Brother John? Thank you for asking. I really wanted to explain this. Watch this. We all have a weak spot. Or maybe many weak spots. And a bad part about this, it's an area that Satan can use to attack us. And most of us have not yet identified what that spot is that keeps messing us up. But we're not conformed to Jesus in the way that he wants us to be until we look in the mirror and what we see is a reflection of Jesus. So let me ask you tonight about your weak spots because it's a hindrance. We're never going to be like Jesus until we say, you know what, I know that's there and I'm not going to step in it anymore. Hello? Farmer's way of saying something else, but nonetheless, be careful if you know it's there. You know what I've noticed in a lot of folks, not you folks, you are the best crowd that I've ever seen on a Tuesday night for a long, long time that I can remember. And I don't remember much anymore. (laughs) Amen. Kidding with you. But let me tell you what one of the weak spots are. Is. Not are. It's a critical nature. And for those of you just corrected my English before I did, I just showed you, you've got a critical nature. Amen? You look at someone and you say, his jacket don't fit. It's not my jacket's fault, it's my fault. Amen? You can say, that old man, he repeats himself. Yeah, but you know what? Most of the time I'm talking about Jesus when I do. But we're born with something inside us that wants us to find the flaws. Find the faults. Be critical. What's wrong with that, you say? If we're born that way, you have to overcome it. You have to work at it to overcome it. And if you don't overcome it, you'll never be like Jesus. Because if you read all about Jesus in the Bible, you'll find out that he kept pointing out the good that was in people over and over and over again. Very seldom did you ever hear him begin to criticize someone. It was always trying to encourage. That's who Jesus was. But boy, it's not that way in a lot of Baptist churches, amen? I tell you what you do sometimes. You let two or three women wear the same dress to church. I guarantee you some critical spirits will come out. Amen. You say, well, wait a minute. Women don't wear a lot of dresses at church anymore. Well, then torn jeans. Amen. Whatever it is, we're critical. And the devil knows that. And so he'll point out everything that's wrong with somebody else. You know, I lived a long, long time before I realized one day that I can find more wrong in me than I can in someone else if I just look at me. If we just turn the eyes around just a little bit and look inside ourselves, we'd find out that we've got some flaws ourselves and it would help us not to be so critical. Amen? How many of you know that there's people who be critical of this church? You're shaking your head. I don't know if you believe it or not. Some of you are looking at me like, surely not. Yeah. There's folks find fault in about anything. But not, not are you, you're not able to do that and then still be like Jesus. Now listen, in some people it's not just that critical nature. 
in our society today, there, there's so much more that can divert your image away from being like Jesus. I, uh, I think Facebook is a, sometimes it's a, it's a thing that ought not be entered into very lightly. But I also believe it can be a great help, especially for pastors. Baptists sometimes, not you, not you, not you, those that are not here tonight, sometimes they're dumber than a rock. You know, you just have not understood just how far they will go until you get on Facebook and see one of your members with a beer in his hand. They forget that preachers have Facebook. They forget that there's somebody else watching, but you know what's more important than that? God is seeing every act that is done. But here in this day and time, sexual attractions, the wrong kind, and, and sometimes too much of the right kind, all of that sort of thing, it's right there before us, and it's a weakness that Satan uses to keep many of us from being like Jesus. You realize how many people go to church on Sunday and are watching pornography on Monday? And I would, I would dare say there's probably some don't even make it till Monday. And you say, those dirty, rotten, old, dirty old men anyway. I've got a lady in my church right now that is counseling with another lady because of her addiction to pornography. And that lady will come and, and, and walk in the door and, and I hope she keeps coming and I hope she gets it right and starts looking like Jesus and acting like Jesus. But she'll come in there and if you looked at her, you would never be able to pick her out of the crowd. Do you know why? Because we're really good at putting on a front. We're really good at covering things up. But Jesus knows what's in her heart and he knows what we're thinking. And he knows we're not conforming to his image. We used to sing songs like, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Many songs that, that exalted him. And we're seeing less and less of that. And do you know why? Because there's so few people trying to be like him. The world has tricked us into being more like him than him. For some people, it's an unforgiving nature. It doesn't have to be one of those heinous things, but friend, an unforgiving nature can take you down and take you away from being like Jesus. Amen? You know what God said about forgiving? He said, if you cannot forgive each other, then he, he won't be, for, be able to forgive you. That's what it says. That's pretty, am I getting that right, Brother Kenny? Uh, I, I, I was pretty sure I was right on that. But yet, do you know how many folks right here, probably some here tonight, would not surprise me, who've got a grudge. Somebody spilled something that belonged to you, hurt something that was yours, said something that offended your spirit, and the grudge just won't leave. You come out of this place and go out there and the first thing that happens is you're reminded of that part of your life. And as long as it's that way, never conform to the image of Christ. Yet, the text said, that's exactly why we're here.
Jake, what kind of church would it be when everybody was conforming to Christ? What kind of, what kind of fellowship would there be if there was no jealousy, no anger, no grudges, nothing like that. Everybody just said, you know what, I'm going to find out what Jesus would do right now, and I'm going to do that very thing. But it's not that way. Because so many of us have besetting sins. Do you all know what a besetting sin is? Do you know? That's what sets you back. That's what keeps you from, from making your goal. It's a, a, a Exactly what it says, a besetting said, sin. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get in your pocket here, not with money. I'm just going gonna, gonna to try to get where you hide things you don't want anybody to find. Let me ask you this. Have you got any habits that you have taken up that keeps you from being like Jesus? Now some of you are looking at me now and saying, nope, nope, don't judge me, right? I'm not. You're judged by your works. Your works will judge you. Your words will judge you. But the besetting sin, it'll honk the horn, man. It'll let you know it's there. What kind of habit might you have taken up that's stopping you from being just like Jesus? Better yet, do you have any habits that Jesus would do? Do I think that Smoking will send you to hell? Absolutely not. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. But I can tell you this. That's a besetting sin. Because you cannot look in the mirror and say, Jesus would do that. Remember what conforming means? Y'all are quite bunched tonight. Would you think I was going to do something else all week? No, those other three or four were setups. Listen to this. I know where I'm at, but listen to this. That little box that you carry around that nowadays costs you five bucks a can, would Jesus do that? When you spit in that can, would Jesus do that? <laughs> See, I'm not here for an offering. You say that's obvious. <laughs> that's, that, that's, I just want to be truthful with you. I'm asking you a question. Some of you are not answering me. Would Jesus do that? And, and if you can't say, yes, he would, there's something that's holding you back from conforming to his image. You say, well, they didn't have that stuff when Jesus was here. <laughs> You're right, some of it they didn't, but they had something just as bad, I guarantee you. And they've always had this. Flowery language, bad language. 
wasn't too awful long ago that a name come up in our church to be considered as a deacon, and I was meeting with the deacons. And this man's name come up, and I said, no, don't do that. Pray about that one. Why? Because I know him to be a cusser. I know him to use language that I, I didn't used to hear when I hung out in bars. But when he came to church, he never heard it. Now, if you'd ask somebody about that, gentlemen, I guarantee you that most of the church would say top-notch. But it doesn't matter what they observe. It matters what really is going on. And if they're really conforming to Jesus. You know, I, I wonder, I'm looking at these young folks down here, and I wonder just how hard it would be in this day and time for young folks to conform to Jesus. And most of you would say it'd be really hard nowadays, right? Well, friend, it was really hard when I was a youngster like this. And it was really hard when you were a youngster. It may have been different things. But the things that beset us and keep us from being like our Lord is keeping us from conforming to his image. By the way, sometimes you don't have to be a cusser. Sometimes it can be the tone of your words, especially at home. Now, you're not having near as much fun as I am. Put your smiles on and pop your halos. I want to see them now. I'm talking about when you're irritated with the one you said you love so much. And all of a sudden, instead of sweet thing or sugar booger or whatever you call them, uh, your voice changes. Yes, you! It's you I'm talking to. Just like Jesus, right? Yeah. Way to go, church. You say, this, this bunch doesn't do it. I said, you got the halos. You, you, it's those other people didn't come tonight. Call them and tell them. Yeah. And you know I'm being facetious, right? Yeah, I know I'm talking to all of us. Now, look me up here in the eyeballs. It's hard, but go ahead and tell me that y'all aren't guilty every once in a while of doing that very thing. Changing your tone to emphasize, to make sure they understand that you'd rather be in control than to be submissive to each other like the writer of Ephesians told you to. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Doesn't it say that before it says all the other stuff? Sure it does. But we like to have our way. And that's a besetting sin. It's a hindrance to being like Jesus. It's a hindrance just like telling an off-colored story would be a hindrance. You know, a number of times In my attempt at being a minister, I preached a sermon and then went home and thought to myself, I just preached to myself. But I've been trying hard not to do that. And I'm convinced that revival is not going to take place until everything is right from the pulpit into the pew. And out into this world, we're going to have to look like, act like, 
and be conformed to Jesus. I'm not going to preach a long time tonight to you because you know what I believe? I believe God's in control. And I believe that if you've listened with an open mind and an open heart so far tonight, you have seen a little bit of the human condition that keeps us from conforming to Christ. If that's why he came to die, so I can be conformed to his image, so you can be conformed to his image, then friend, we need to start conforming now. We've done the confirmation a long time ago. We just didn't put a name to it. But now it's time to conform. Revival, that's not those folks out there that are driving by on the highway. We want to reach them, amen, but it's, it's not about them. You know what it's about? It's about some of the most what we would call righteous folks in our church who have forgotten that it really requires us to be like Jesus. Boy, it'll change the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, and it'll change church. Jesus was about his father's business. When they went searching for him, he said, why are you searching for me like this? Did you not know that I would be about my father's business? Let me ask you, is that what your day is like? You say, well, I got to go to work. Friend, that's a good place to be about the father's business. What you're doing day in, day out, friend, if you want revival in a church, you just let a bunch of the folks in the church decide to start acting like they want to be conformed to the image of the Lord. It'll make revival. Uh, again, you know I could preach to you for an hour. I've already done it this week. But I do not believe it's necessary tonight. I think that all that's necessary is to ask you honestly. Forget about your feelings about me. I may have made you mad tonight. That's all right. You've got to love me to go to heaven, right? Don't worry about what you think about me or the way I've delivered any message this week. Instead, worry about right now how you are comparing to the one who died for you because he died for you to be like him. And so here's the invitation tonight. Surprising? Yeah. Some of you saying, yeah. <laughs> here's the invitation. It doesn't take a lot to become conformed to the image of Christ once you get past the want to. You gotta want to. There's something inside me and there's something inside most of you here tonight that says, I don't know if I want to. I'd have to give up too much. I'd have to change too much. But yet you cannot be conformed to Christ unless you're willing to change completely. You know what, Brother Jake, we have made such a mistake in, in allowing folks to come into altars in churches and say a, a, a two-minute prayer and get up and say, now you can be baptized and become a part of the church without seeing that there has been a change that's taken place in that person's life. I think we make a mistake. It's taken me a long time, a lot of years, to, 
to come to the conclusion that it's, it's about more than just that, that initial act. It is really becoming like Christ. And, I, and am I there yet? You know better than to think that I would say that I'm there right now. No. The old song said he's still working on me. Well, Jesus is working overtime on me. But that's what revival is about. It's coming before God and saying, Lord, work on me. I'm, I'm here to be worked on. This young lady sung a song for us tonight. I listened to the words, and I wish I could remember them all, but I can tell you for sure that if you listen to them, they really said what I wanted to say tonight. And that's exactly why I don't need to say any more than what I've said. So what I'd like for you to do, please, is bow your heads and close your eyes. First question I have for you, no one's looking around. First question I have for you, if you are here tonight and you would say to me plainly, Brother John, I have been working on this and I am becoming like Christ then I want you to start praying for anyone sitting around you right now that needs prayer. But if you cannot say that, I want to convince you that right now would be the time to come and kneel here before Christ and say, Lord, I want to be like you. I want you to revive me to, to, to make me live again in the image of God's Son. And if you can do that, praise God for that. I'll, I'll celebrate with you. But if you can't right now, please don't hesitate during the invitation. Just come and find yourself a spot and say, Lord, make me like you. I want to conform. And if you're here tonight without Jesus, you've never been saved, you cannot say for sure that if you died right now, you would go to heaven. If that is the case, I want you to allow me to pray for you tonight. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. You have my word. All I'll do is pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand and let me see it tonight so I can pray? You have my word. I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. No one else is going to. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and if you are not sure heaven would be your home, can I see your hand tonight so I can pray for you? I haven't seen a hand again tonight. That's not a good thing. Invite some folks, but listen to me now. Those of you who are sitting there and saying, I'm saved, the Bible has convinced me that I am saved and I am being saved. And one day I will be finally saved. But many of us have stopped wanting to be saved. Day by day. Confessing our sins. Believing in our heart that God is going to cleanse us. Some of us have slipped past that. So during this invitation, just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand right after I've prayed. I'm going to ask you to come and find a place and kneel here before the Lord and say, Lord, I've come tonight to be revived myself. I want you to make me more like Jesus. Father God, I come to you in his name, the name that is above every other name, a strong name, a mighty name, 
And I ask you, Lord, that you would cause everyone in this place tonight to take stock, to take stock of, of where they are in their relationship with you. And Lord, I've come here because there's revival that's needed. And Lord, you've changed my mind and changed my direction a number of times. Did so again tonight. But I trust you, Lord. I know you're in charge. And Father, these people have come for a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll take whatever I've said and if you have to change it in their minds right now, Lord, cause it to be driven home. The confirmation is not the same as conformation. Let them see, Lord, that they need to be changed to be more like you and less like this world. For I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.